It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 25th of March. What happened over the weekend? Where do the playoffs stand? What do the Jazz need to get done? We'll look at the game again. The East Coast road trip in a summary and see what we can learn about the Jazz and what's coming up tonight with the Phoenix Suns. It's all on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, a lot of geeky numbers. It's available for you on the new app, Himalaya. Have you checked out Himalaya yet? I think you'll love it. It's got a lot of great playlists, other aspects to it. Does a lot of super uh, things. Also available on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts. And when you get in your car, tell your smart device, play podcast, Locked on Jazz. A few programming notes. Nate Duncan and I did Locked on NBA last Thursday. It was pretty good. Still timeless. Howard Beck and I did Full 48 last week. Still timeless. And today is the launch of the Locked On Podcast Network Major League Baseball channel. So Major League Baseball is now officially out and on the Locked On Podcast Network. We will have 20 shows launched today. uh, And the Podcast Network is now, uh, I think, well over 100 shows. Plus our college, Locked On Angels. Mike Trout is an angel for life, just published seconds ago, its first episode. So if you're a baseball fan, we've got 20 of the 30 teams out uh, today. And if you're interested um, in grabbing one of those, please subscribe on all those places. I mentioned Himalaya or wherever, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, etc. So thank you so much uh, for being a part of this growth and watching this expand and continue. Uh, you guys were the first, some seven, eight years ago, and we were probably coming up on our anniversary here pretty soon, when we launched what we didn't know what it really was, which was kind of this YouTube hot Google mix. Some of you were around when the guy exposed himself on Google Hangouts. I mean, we got this, like, moments in time that if this show ever, this company ever turns into something, it'll be pretty funny to tell the stories. Um, I can go on I can go on Guy Raz's How You Built This and tell that story. Um, but anyway... Uh, thanks so much, you guys. We couldn't have, you know, obviously this has been quite a growth and it's been really fun and it's your support originally and your support throughout that has made it possible. So today, today a big day kind of in the growth of this little company uh, and who we are and uh, we'll surpass 5 million downloads this month for the first time ever. So pretty exciting stuff. Uh, and thank you uh, for being a part of it. All right, let's get to our little fun little playoff prediction graph and walk through what happened over the weekend and Hopefully I remember all the games. I was pretty buried yesterday with the launch, so um, hopefully I don't screw up and, and get a game wrong here. Um, the Denver Nuggets uh, played the Knicks and won on Friday. That was an 80% win game. Um, and uh, the Pacers, then they lost last night. Um, I really like what Impredictable does, which is kind of gives you the chances of where these teams stand. Um, so I'll pull that up for you here in a little bit um, and and look at that because I think that that is a um, – that's kind of a fun way to understand where these teams are and, and what the chances are of what they're going to do and um, kind of look at it in that fashion. 
because what it does tell you a little bit is, um, I think, is a better understanding of, you know, what, what the chances are that somebody ends up in various positions. We can kind of keep looking at this and guessing that of how it looks and, and what we're going to see and those kind of things. And, um, and I, I think that, you know, we have a pretty good idea of, of where everything sits, but we'll, we'll look at that a little bit. I also love just some of the work that they do. I think they, in predictables done some, um, some really great stuff. They've redesigned recently and I can't find things the way as quickly as I once did, which is, um, been a little frustrating for me, but, um, I'm figuring it out. I'm figuring it out. So anyway, um, Denver sits right now as an 81% chance as the second seed. Okay. So, uh, I think we've pretty well zeroed in that Denver, even with that loss of the Pacers, is going to be the second seed. The Oklahoma City Thunder played one game, a 34-win possibility in Toronto, and they won. That was a game-changing win by the Thunder. They're 2-1 and one in their four games that are unlikelies. They should sweep the next six. And this is why I think get the Jazz getting anything better than six is going to be almost impossible. Is And that's where the Atlanta loss or the whatever loss you want to choose, one of the three. They play Memphis, Indiana, Denver, Dallas, Lakers, Pistons. They're all near 80% win probabilities. Then the Timberwolves at 54, but they're not going to be playing by then. And the Rockets and the Bucks, and I don't know that either of those two teams are playing. Oklahoma City just does not have more than one or two losses left the rest of the way. And if they only lose one game the rest of the way, the Jazz have to go undefeated to beat them. If they lose two, the Jazz can lose one. But they have the same record and the tiebreaker right now. So unless they really trip up unexpectedly, uh, which they've done numerous times, I just don't know how we're getting past Oklahoma City. So... I just really see us as six right now. We'll look and see whether or not the Clippers and the Thunder are going to guess. Um, without C.J. McCollum, as we talked about last week and as we anticipated, the uh, Portland Trailblazers are not having any trouble. They just had games that they were so favored in they were going to win. That you know, It's easy to say, oh, they lost. Any-. No, well, you know what? Like, And now they go to 4-0 in games that are 60-80 win probability. They, uh, they're nine games so far. They have five more like that. And this is where it's all changing. Portland in those games is 4-0, and we've played seven of them, and we're 4-3. and And that's what's going to come back to get us. Uh, looking back over at Impredictable, Let's see if they agree with me on this. I think Portland is dead set in the three spot. They have Portland. They don't. They have Portland as 35% in the three spot, 26% in the four spot, 21% in the five spot. Houston, who I think is dead set. Excuse me. I have Portland dead set in the four spot. Houston, who I have dead set, I think is dead set in the third spot. They have it 48% in the third spot. So they have Denver at a 81% in the second spot. Houston, 48% in the third spot. Portland, 35% second spot, 26% fourth spot. So though that's where they're seeing Oklahoma City, they have just spaced across the board. 20% fifth spot, 21% sixth, 22% seventh, 23% eighth. They think OKC could go anywhere. I don't. I think OKC's done with their losing, um, even as inefficient as their offense is. Uh, the uh, Houston Rockets and the uh, San Antonio Spurs played. 
this week. Uh, Harden exploded again, and Houston won one eleven uh, to one fifteen. Uh, so they get an, and that was an eighty two percent win probability of all things, just with the way travel worked out and everything else. Um, Houston goes to six and zero oh in their nine games they've played, where they've been heavily favored. Uh, they play, um, and then I th- did they play the Pelicans last night and roll? Yeah, they rolled on the Pelicans uh, last night as expected. So Houston, um, as we just talked about a moment ago, probably prematurely, is pretty well set in that third spot uh, overall right now. Um, they actually were only a forty-two win probability in that um, in that Houston game in that Pelican game. So they have. Um, Done that. The Jazz beat the Bulls, who is a 90, 75% win probably. Here's what our remaining win probabilities are 93 tonight, 82 Wednesday against the Lakers, 86 against the Wizards, 87 against the Hornets, 77 against the Suns, 91 against the Kings, 48 against the Lakers, but I'm not sure it's really that. 68% against the Nuggets, who um, are, will be rested. I don't know why it's so high. Um, and I don't, but though Denver will be pretty well set in the second spot, and then the Clippers at fifty-three, so there's absolutely a chance we run the table, and then if Oklahoma City slips once, we catch them. But I think I've said this whole time we're gonna have to go seventeen and three, um, to get through these these stretches, and um, and we, you know, I think we're gonna end up going sixteen and four if we win out. So. We'll see whether we get that. Uh, that 17-3 and three was to get home court, not just to get the Thunder, but I would like to get out of that sixth spot and not play the Houston Rockets. Um, we'll check at the Jazz probability in a second. The Spurs lost as they were intended to um, at 18%. They also lost that Heat game, so they a um, little bit of a surprise there uh, on the Heat loss. They played the Celtics. Well, they played the Celtics uh, last night did the, and smashed the Celtics in a 23% win probability game. The Celtics had a bunch of guys out, but that's a mammoth unexpected win for the Spurs, so that is going to change the way things look. And the Clippers got wins over the Cavaliers and the um, Knicks were both 60-plus win percent games. They just clutched up. And I think the Kings are out of it at this point, so we'll stop looking at the Kings. But here's another one. In the six games the Clippers have played, in which they're 60-80 to 80 win probability, they are 5-0. and oh. And again, we are 4-3. and three. Oklahoma City is 1-4. and four. So that's what's changed the landscape of this playoff picture. Uh, just because we told you how it was going to play out, and then we'll look at those. Uh, certain wins, teams are 21-3. and three. Should win 60-80%. Teams are 27-13, and 13, so they're winning at 67%. Pickums are at 16 and 16, exactly as we thought. The crazy one is the unlikelies. The 20 to 40% games, teams are clutching up and winning those games. No chances. They're just 2 and 8. So everyone, this is actually going pretty much exactly as we projected um, and as has gone. The Jazz just happened to have lost a few more uh, of the, that they thought. The Jazz, unpredictable, and then we'll come back uh, after I tell you about Slow the Flow and, and Iron Gate Global Financial and look at... Um, the uh, 538s before we, we talk about the Jazz weekend performance. Um, the Jazz right now are 35% for the 5 seed, 28% for the 4 seed, 18% for the 6 seed. So they're more optimistic than I am. San Antonio is 35% for the 8 seed, 33 for the 7, 26 for the 6th. And the Clippers 
are 36% and 30% for the seventh seed. All right, we'll look at 538, those other actual win projections here in just a second. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by Slow the Flow. What are you doing to save water? What are you doing to help our environment and our great state? That's the question uh, that I've been asking you. But there's so, and there's so many things that you can do. So please partake and become a WER All-Star. That's what Slow the Flow likes to talk about, getting you a statue just like Stockton and Malone with, as a WER All-Star. What is WER? It's a water efficiency rating. It is the best way to save water. Whether it's installing a low-flow toilet, you'll save three gallons per flush. Doesn't sound like a lot, but flushes add up. Another way is to boost your ratings by taking showers instead of baths. With a five-minute shower, you take about 12 to 25 gallons of water. A full tub uses 70 gallons. Little by little, you do these changes, and they become a WER all-star. Plus, just shorten that shower by a minute, and you know what happens. I've told you. I'm using my Google Home little device to say, set a timer, and then when it goes off, I try to jump out of the shower as fast as possible and try to save a little bit. It's W-E-R. Head to the slowtheflow.org. Slow the flow. Save H2O. Former jazz guy, broadcaster, player, Utah State Aggie great, Spencer Nelson, retired from basketball, has gone into financial advising. He's with Global Iron Gate Global Advisors. Check out. Here's some more about what they're doing. I want to tell you about Iron Gate Global Advisors. A financial group out of Salt Lake City, small shop that understands your journey, aren't pushing products on you, and have a strategy, direction, and process. I found out about them from Spencer Nelson, former Utah State great, who, by the way, has an MBA, accounting and finance background degrees, and worked Wall Street in private equity. And he tells me about the personnel. Brian is the chief investment officer. Brian's a long-term investor, Warren Buffett disciple with a proven track record of active management. He views investing as not trading stocks, but buying pieces of businesses that he believes in. He's focused on not getting caught up in what's hot today or tomorrow, but doing the research, looking one, three, five, even 10 years out with a very patient, methodical approach couple that with brett and his longtime options background and you have a versatile group it's iron gate global advisors to find out more about iron gate financial give spencer a call 888-591-0334 that's 888-591-0334 or email him at spencer at igga.com anytime we're talking investing understand that past performance isn't indicative of future results Also, options may not be for everyone. They have different risks. Make sure you consult a professional before doing anything with them. Do your due diligence. All right, let's look at 538 and those. Again, if you didn't hear it earlier, Major League Baseball launched today. So when you're done with this, ask your car to smart device and your to play podcast locked on Giants baseball, because I'm assuming you're a Giants fan. You wouldn't be one of those awful other ones, would you? I did debate whether we were going to launch a Dodger podcast or not. I mean, briefly. Um, actually, the guy hosting has got Utah ties. All right. Warriors still won 57. Nuggets 52. Rockets 53. Or 55. Rockets 53. Blazers 51. They, 538 projects the Jazz finishing at 50 wins. To do that, they have us finishing the year going uh Seven and two the rest of the way. I think we can do that pretty easily. 
Uh, then they have the Thunder at 49. So they have the Thunder losing three games. I just don't have them losing. I don't think the Thunder are losing more than two. I don't think the Thunder are losing more than one, frankly. Then they have the Clippers at 48 and the Spurs at 48. Boy, it's tightening up, isn't it? The Spurs and Clippers have certainly walked this thing much closer. My dad, is, who's really smart, has been telling me this whole time, like, that game, that last game of the year against the Clippers is going to be the difference between you come to San Francisco or not. And I keep saying, no, Dad, come on now. He might be right. Um, ESPN has the Warriors as one, Nuggets as two, but only a game separating them. Houston, so that means the Nuggets could be playing that final game of the season against us. Nuggets, uh, Houston as three. Portland as four. Jazz at five at 50. Same. Oklahoma City at 48. San Antonio at 48. And the Clippers at 48. That's a little different. Um, a lot of these taking the way the Thunder are playing recently. I think they'll just figure that out as they... By the way, a lot of these projection systems all still have the Celtics coming on the road in week one of the playoffs. Um, and Indiana maintaining home court. Nate McMillan's incredible. Uh, Golden State uh, 1, Denver 2, this is basketball reference, Houston 3, Portland at 51-4, Jazz at 49.4, Thunder at 48, Clippers at 48, Spurs at 48. Pretty interesting that it's 48 wins is an awful lot, and Sacramento might not get to 40. Milwaukee gets to 60. Someone was talking to me last night that this might be one of the first years in which we do not have a team win 60 games. Pretty interesting. Um, all right, so that's where we sit. Thoughts on the road trip. The first stunning one about the road trip is just how bad the East is. And maybe it's this time of year, but those teams were awful. I mean, those teams were truly, truly awful that we played. And absolutely incredible what the difference is when you can play Washington, Atlanta, Chicago, New York. Atlanta's good right now, or at least decent. They've won four out of six. They beat Philadelphia the other night. Trey Young is bona fide, man. Um, Atlanta did not get fleeced in that trade at all. Um, and there are murmurs, by the way, that has been quiet about Luka's long-term kind of physical conditioning and commitment and teamwork. And there's some stuff out there on him that is not that has been bantied about um, prior to, during the season this year. Um, there was a weird move this year where da- Dallas released someone and then re-signed them like a day later, and some people thought maybe that Luka was like suddenly inserting it, like it was just, you know, that's my guy, you can't cut him kind of stuff. So who knows, but Trey Young, and Trey Young had some people at the book on Trey Young that um, – they didn't think he was a good team. I mean, Memphis, interestingly enough, you know, have Mike Conley, but passed on Trey Young. We'll see whether that comes back to get him because Trey Young, um, Trey Young's great. Uh, Atlanta has got pieces, they, they, but the biggest takeaway from that trip is just how bad the East is. I thought, you know, the Jazz blew out the Bulls in a, in a catastrophic level, um, and to some extent got the day off. Um, and I thought that against Atlanta. It's subtle. Against Atlanta, the Jazz got a little selfish. There was a little less passing. There was a little bit more 
guys trying to get their rhythm. I don't know if Atlanta's defense, where they dropped the big, kind of forced our guys into taking some shots a little differently than they would have otherwise. Um, I don't know if it was just back-to-back. And so playing those teams that drop the big is hard, and you've got to keep moving the ball um, at, at a high level. It didn't totally show up. We had 25 assists and shot 47% from the field and 31% from three. So it didn't show up that much. The other one just simply is Atlanta hit 19 threes. Like, I can go through the league. There aren't a lot of games this year where somebody's hit 19 threes and lost. The, as we talked about the other day, the problem in that was that they got that they got 40 of them off, right? Like, that's um, that's the... That's the problem um, is was that they got 40 of them off, not the fact that they um, that, the, that they ended up getting uh, making 19. It's, you, you shouldn't be able to, you shouldn't allow someone to go get um, 40 shot attempts. That's, that's what you have to kind of make sure doesn't happen um, on a given night. And Atlanta, Trey Young was just able to get in the paint and break down. What's interesting that's going on a little bit right now for us that um, I don't know if this is totally fair, but it kind of feels like this, is our night is somewhat dictated based on the other team's point guard play. Um, And, you know, Ricky's probably squarely in the middle of point guards in the NBA or somewhere in that range. And if you kind of look, so Chicago, terrible point guard, we blow them out. Atlanta, great point guard, we lose. Knicks, no point guard, we win. Washington, no point. Sadoransky's, I like him, but he's not. Um, we win. D'Angelo is playing okay. He's not a great point guard, but nonetheless, we win. Minnesota played Tyus Jones, we won. Phoenix played, uh, I don't even remember who. Oh, Tyler Johnson, he's not a point guard, we won. Oklahoma City, Russell Westbrook, we lose. Memphis, Mike Conley, we lose. New Orleans, we win. But New Orleans, we lose. And so that's either Drew Holiday or Alfred Payton, how you look at it. Milwaukee didn't have a point guard that night because Brogdon and Bledsoe were hurt. Denver doesn't really have a point guard. We won. Clippers, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, we won. Dallas, Jalen Brunson started, we won. Oklahoma City, we lost. Steph Curry, we lost. San Antonio, Derek. I don't know if Derek White played that game. He's kind of the bellwether to them. Phoenix, we won. Houston, their point guards, James Harden, they killed us. Atlanta, we won. Trey Young in that game won, but they got 43s. Dame Lillard, we lost. Minnesota, I don't think that Teague or Rose played or Jones played. I think they started Jared Bayless, we won. Um, Again, Denver, we beat because they just don't have a great point guard. Portland does, and Dame Lillard, we lost. Cleveland doesn't have a point guard. Clippers don't have a point guard. Detroit... Didn't Reggie Jackson, I don't think he even played that game, or Ish Smith might have. Chicago, Lakers don't have a point guard. Orlando doesn't have a point guard. I mean, Milwaukee, we played when they did have a point guard. We lost. Bledsoe's pretty good. I mean, it's. It, I'm, I'm back in January here. You can choose, You can take um, Detroit, Cleveland, we won. We lost at Toronto. Did, I, I think Kyle Lowry played. I'd have to go back and look at that and make sure. I don't have great game memory. No, Kyle Lowry didn't even play in that game, and we lost. Fred Van Vliet started. Um, so that one doesn't quite match. The Knicks, we won. Philadelphia's got a great point guard. We lost. We beat Portland on December 25th on Christmas. We lost to the Thunder on the 22nd. We beat the Blazers on the 21st. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've gone back pretty far, but it does feel like you just, so the rest of the way, Phoenix, no point guard. Lakers, no point guard. Washington, no point guard. Charlotte, Kemba Walker could be interesting on April 1st. Phoenix, no point guard. Sacramento, De'Aaron Fox caused us some problems earlier this year. Lakers, no. Nuggets don't really have a point guard. And Clippers don't. So 
you know, we might be all right the rest of the way. But it does feel a little bit right now that depending on who our who we play as a point guard seems to be dictating um, what we're a, what we're able to do um, or not. So I think that's uh, I you know maybe that's oversimplifying this a little bit, but it there feels like there's something um, legitimate to that discussion that that seems to be dictating um, how we do and how we don't. Uh, Today's show is brought to you in part by a really cool indoor camera that does it all. It's called Wise, but it's spelled W-Y-Z-E. It's packed with premium features. So it's got 108. There's a, there's a hook here that's incredible. 1080p full HD. Images so clear you're missing. Night vision. Two-way audio. So you want to watch your pets. You want to watch your kids. You want to. You have a babysitter over. You can set it up so it shoots your, your Amazon packages when they arrive. What? Whatever, okay. So its mission is to bring amazing, smart home products accessible to everyone. And the company is WYZE. So this home camera that streams live to your app does all these things, live streams and eight times digital zoom, all of it. $20. And free rolling 14-day cloud storage as well as no subscriptions. Okay, there's nothing too small for the Wise camera to watch, and it's $20. $20. Like, I had to buy one. Like, how cool. Just have it in the house. Just checking things out. I got a 16-year-old son. Have it in the house. Check things out. He's awesome. Uh, so, and, you know, whatever it might be around your around your area, um, you can do it. I don't know. Put it on your water softener to make sure that you can check all the time whether you're running out of pellets. I don't know. But for 20 bucks, you should have like 12 of them. For just two, $10 more, you can get the Wise Cam Pan. Gives you 360 coverage in under three seconds. Uh, life moves fast. Your camera should too. W-Y-Z-E. W-Y-Z-E. Go to um, wyze.com slash locked on. That's W-Y-Z-E. W-Y-Z-E dot com slash locked, actually, just locked. Um, not locked on, just locked. That's W-Y-Z-E slash locked. You'll have your own little custom page there. Look at it. It's pretty wild. Nineteen nine nine nine. you can buy it from Amazon, whatever. Works with Alexa, too. All sorts of fun. Pretty cool little device. I'm pretty impressed. Life is complicated, especially right now. You're spending more time inside, unable to go to restaurants, and that means you're cooking dinner. But if you're like me... I hate cooking, multiple trips to the grocery store, hours of monotonous meal prep just so you can scarf down your food in minutes. So when it's dinner time, I grab my phone, open up an app and order something. But after convenience fees, delivery fees, and who knows whatever other fees, it ends up being close to $100 for two people. But then I met Freshly. Just put up your feet and relax while Freshly chefs and nutritionists do all the hard work. All you do is heat for three minutes and dinner's done. Imagine a better for you golden oven fried chicken, steak peppercorn with sauteed carrots and French green beans, and my personal favorite, buffalo chicken with loaded mashed cauliflower. It's got fewer carbs. That's just a few of the 30-plus health-conscious options to choose from. Freshly understands that food needs to be delicious, healthy, and simple because, let's be honest here, if it's not easy, I'm not going to do it. And if it doesn't taste good, I don't want to eat it. Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off, $40 off for their first two orders at Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Freshly.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right, so Phoenix comes into the house tonight. They, um, you know, you, 
first game back, so traditionally you'd say first game back from a long road trip, you might not be sharp. That last game didn't take a lot out of us. It was the greatest single road trip I've ever been on in all my NBA years. Not like I didn't have any wild and crazy thing, but decent weather in four amazing cities. Um, Saw two Broadway plays, went to Second City, had three great meals. It was sick. Um, They beat the Pelicans recently, 138-136. They beat the Warriors, 115-111. They won three in a row. When we had seen them, they had won four of five and five of seven. Since then, they've lost five of their last six um, with losses to Sacramento, Detroit, and Chicago. Their last game out was against Sacramento. Um, They're playing pretty close to their – they lost Kelly Oubre for the season – And so they added this guard who's been in China who's been scoring like 50 points a game all the time. So you got to keep an eye on him. You never – oh, Jimmer Fredette. He played four minutes and 21 seconds last time. Um, He had uh, one shot, two rebounds, one turnover. Um, He's playing seemingly instead of Jamal Crawford at this point. Uh, But Devin Booker's still out there to go score. He only went 10 of 27. He had 32. DeAndre Ayton was just awful against Rudy last time. We'll see what he can do. The rookie, Mikel Bridges, is back in the lineup. Um, they're playing Dragon Bender a little. little their, their bench unit is is really poor. So Jay Crowder and Kyle Korver, who um, both are not quite as hot as you would like to believe that they should be right now, probably come vital. I mean, this is where we have this veteran bench of experience, and and you're playing. This is where those guys have to come tonight and really kind of um, annihilate um, these guys in the last ten games, uh, Jay's shooting forty-one per two percent from the field and twenty-eight percent from three. I mean, we did it on points game the other day. Jay is actually one of the least efficient um, stretch fours in the league. Ricky Rubio last eight games is shooting thirty-five percent and eighteen percent from three, and even Kyle is shooting thirty-five percent and thirty-four percent from three. Um, he's getting six off a game, which is great, but he's not. Donovan's on fire. Last 10 games, Donovan is shooting 49% from the field and 48% from three. So we're not noticing those um, quite as much as I think we were before. Joe's kind of back in line of doing what he's doing, been doing. Um, and, Der- and Rudy and Derek have been forces. The last five games are, you know, just actually even just take the, the road trip. Donovan was 51% from the field, 50% from three, and averaged 25 points a game only because he didn't play that much the last game. Rudy Gobert, on the road trip, missed a grand total of four shots. He went 26 of 30. Rubio got going a little bit in the last game. Uh, Crowder, though, was 8 of 28 from three. Kyle Korver was 8 of 23. Uh, Another one that has perked up a little bit, it is completely legitimate, um, is that we are 0-7 in games decided by three or less. Um, and I was trying to dig into it a little bit. Uh, hopefully tonight does not become one of them. So I looked at games that were within three minutes in the final, within three points in the final three minutes. And sometimes there's just such a small sample size that you're not sure what you're going to find. So in games that were within three, we're seven and nine. So... Um, some of these games that were close late, we then went on to win by more than three. Um, so we're seven and nine. We've played the fewest amount of anyone in the league. So again, but our offense is 21st in the league. Um, there's like a huge drop at 18th all the way to the next 11 teams that are all terrible offensively late. Our defense is 14th. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not sure that I really found anything there that was 
totally telling. So then I dug, you know, we're not great, but it wasn't like, that wasn't one of those things where you're like, oh, total disaster um, in the last three minutes. You know, just games that end by three seem like kind of a silly number. You could be down by five and um, or you get ahead by five. So I thought I'd look at, like, well, what is it? Um, shooting, we're 28th in the league in effective field goal percentage in games that are decided by three with three minutes left. So that's, we just, we aren't making shots. Um, we go to the free throw line a lot generally. We go to the line, the 11th most in the league. Um, we turn it over 28th amount in that time period offensively. We are the third best offensive rebounding team, but what happens to us a little bit, I think, um, and our rebounding rate's really, really high, is that we stretch the floor at that period. Defensively, we're the sixth best team against the shot. Um, we foul a little bit too much late in that circumstance, which is strange. We force a lot of turnovers, um, and we don't um, we don't defensive rebound very well. We're, so Rudy gets pulled out, and everybody else doesn't defensive rebound. Um, so uh, I think that that's those are some things we can keep an eye on um, as as time goes on. So. Uh, I'll dig into it a little bit more, but that was just a note to wrap up the show. This has been Locked on Jazz today. Thanks to, uh, go check out that camera, wyze.com slash locked. Thanks to Iron Gate Global Advisors, and thank you very much to Slow the Flow. Have a great day. Go check out a Major League Baseball show today. It's the launch on the Locked on Podcast Network. Hi, guys. This is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked on Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked on Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked on Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.